Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM. Broadcasting from Lower Carruthers Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. Today in YGK is brought to you by CFRC's News Collective. CFRC's news programming is made possible by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. Kingston will once again be hosting the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, the largest festival in the world dedicated exclusively to Canadian film. One of the films being screened will be Jeremy Larder's Who's Your Father, an East Coast comedy with a local connection, as Larder is now a resident of Prince Edward County. The Maritimer Mystery centers around Larry, a private investigator who ends up in the middle of a case involving compromising photos, blackmail, and black market lobster. I sat down with Larder to chat about the film and KCFF. Um, just to get us started, if you'd like to give a brief description of the film and what people can expect when they go see it at KCFF this year. Yeah, so the, the film is called Who's Your Father? It's a comedy caper about a bumbling private investigator in Prince Edward Island, which is where I was born and raised, mm-hmm. uh, played by Chris Locke, um, who is hired to investigate black market lobster sales by a rich seafood tycoon. And while he's working that case, he meets Rhonda Perry, who's a local convenience store owner, who's trying to manifest a soft serve ice cream machine for her store. And uh, when Larry meets Rhonda, he kind of falls for her instantly. And Rhonda sort of sees Larry as a way to kind of get to her ice cream machine dreams. And the two of them kind of get way in over their heads. Um, and the film is kind of like a screwball comedy in a film noir mixed together in a blender. Um, so it's got a lot of like film noir tropes in it, kind of a playful uh, film noir a- aspect to it. And also it's just a really fun and sweet romantic movie as well. Yeah, definitely. I feel like PEI is the perfect setting. I'm also from out east and I feel like everyone knows everyone and everyone's a character. So it's yeah, definitely absolutely. the perfect setting. Also, I mean, you mentioned you're from PEI. So I imagine that heavily factored into your inspiration behind this film. Just, you know, stories from growing up and everything. I was wondering if you could get into specifically how Who's Your Father came together, how long it had been in the works before. Yeah, so Who's Your Father... Um... The first incarnation of the script probably goes back to like 2015 or so when I was still in the middle of making a, a comedy web series called Just Passing Through. Um, that was kind of like a cult comedy uh, series in Canada for a while. So I kind of wrote a draft for the script then and then I put it away for a while, for a few years. And I made another film called Pogi Beach, um, which was a spinoff of Just Passing Through. And then I picked it up again during the pandemic in 2020. And this time, at first, it was just kind of like a very straight film noir script. And then it kind of became more of a screwball comedy as I was writing it. And actually, I had met Susan Kent um, from Trailer Park Boys in This Hour's 22 Minutes on another PEI project a few years prior. And I was really inspired by how brilliant she was uh, watching her work on that, that series called Wharf Rats. So... I basically started writing that Rhonda Perry character for Susan um, in 2020. Um, and then I took it to my producing partners, Jason Arsenault and Jenna McMillan, who uh, are both from PEI as well. And then we had applied to Telfilm for production funding in 2021. So, you know, going back, you know, it's a long ways from the first draft of the script, but since I started kind of working on it again, the second time it, it was a fairly fast, um, for a film, for Canadian film, for fairly fast transition from script to funding to production to release of the movie, just about three years. 
Um, so yeah, the movie's also filled with like tons of stuff from my life growing up in PEI. I worked on a wharf um, mm -hmm. on the island just about 10 minutes from where I grew up. I played golf there as a kid. Um, a lot of the locations are within like a five minute drive of my parents' house where I grew up. <laughs> and some of them are actually next door to my parents' house. Um, so a lot of it of the North Shore community that I grew up in is is kind of infused in the movie. Yeah, definitely. And how was filming? I mean, the weather in the trailer looked beautiful. It looked like such a beautiful place to shoot. And it also just sounded like he had a fun cast. It sounded like a good vibe on set. Oh yeah, it was it was mm -hmm. it was a ball. I I loved working with um with the cast. Like the cast is incredible. Chris and Susan together just have this magical chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of why why they were cast together because they just they're both brilliant, smart, funny people, and also storytellers in their own right. So they were just a lot of fun to work with, and they got along great. Um, and then Jess Algaro and uh, Cagnetio Horn in it from Letterkenny and uh, Jess's and Fraser. So there was just like an incredible cast. It was beautiful. We got very lucky with weather and a lot of the, half of this movie is outside, um, <laughs> which is always a gamble in shooting on the East coast in summertime, even um, that you're going to get really beautiful days, but we did luckily. So yeah, it was just a lot of fun and um, production is very short. It only had, you know, it's years before and years after usually, and the production only takes about a month. So I always try to enjoy mm -hmm. The producing uh the production part of it as much as possible yeah definitely and describing that and also i just like to ask do you have any favorite memories from when you were behind the scenes oh geez yeah i mean every day there weren't very many easy scenes to shoot in this movie there was always some sort of a complication whether it was like vehicles or night scenes or ice cream cones i mean we shot there's a scene with chris and susan at a, at a like a beautiful neon uh dairy bar at night um and they were eating ice cream in the scene and uh that was kind of, because they were just losing it i mean because the ice cream had to be brought in for a new one for every take and uh chris and susan were just like eating so much ice cream it was insane um <laughs> soft serve ice cream and then they were just kind of cracking up chris was sort of making susan laugh by kind of getting ice cream all over his face while he's doing the scene um and she just couldn't she couldn't hold it together um, but that was, a, that was a fun one. Um, and another night that we were shooting next door to my parents' house at night, we were shooting the, like this burial scene and, uh, there was a vehicle involved and my dad actually came out and told us to quiet down. <laughs> so that was to keep <laughs> it like, down. Oh my gosh, it's like I'm back. After. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm, I'm 16 years old again and, and, uh -huh. you know, playing music too loud in my parent, in my bedroom or something. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was a fun, fun memory, but it was, it was honestly, it was just a kind of a joyful experience which is what you kind of hope for and want when you're making a comedy because you want that good feeling to carry through in the movie yeah definitely i feel like whatever's happening behind the scenes definitely bleeds through on film so i'm glad it was such a good energy behind the scenes um and this is not the first time this film has been screened and opened at atlantic international film festival and is now on paramount plus as well which is really exciting how has the audience reaction been so far Oh, it's been incredible. It, more than I could have ever hoped for. Um, we had a great premiere in Halifax and then it's played, it was re released theatrically after that as well. And Chris and Susan and I and, and producer Jenna McMillan toured the movie around to different cities on the East Coast, um, which was an incredible experience. I feel very lucky and fortunate to have done that. And because we got to meet so many really fun, great people on the road who were really into the movie. And I've seen the movie now in probably half a dozen places or more. And it's fun to see how the audience reacts in the same way from city to city. It little There's little differences. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, people in PEI might react a little bit differently to certain things than people in Toronto. But mm -hmm. uh, overall, like the movie, the response from the audience is very similar 
which is kind of a gratifying feeling to, to know that the movie seems like it works and, and people are really into it. And I think the thing that besides the laughs, which kind of happened from start to finish, it's people seem to get really invested in the characters more so than I thought they would. Um, I hope they would, but, but they seem to be very invested in the characters and Larry and Rhonda's story, which is really fun and, and um, interesting to see how much they really care about them by the end of the movie. Um, you know, like there's a couple of screenings. We had people actually like yelling at the screen <laughs> at certain moments. <laughs> like when the villain, like some villainous characters are doing some bad things and people are like, no, don't do it. Um, which is really fun. Uh, we, we, yeah. So, I, so people just get really engaged with it. So I've been really happy and I'm really, really thrilled to be able to watch the movie in Kingston and see and, and, and feel that Kingston crowd and see how they, they react to it, especially with the comedy. Cause it's a real communal experience and, and watching comedy together is I think the best way to watch a comedy. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree there. And I'm surprised you said the reaction was really similar. I was curious, like if maybe the East coast audiences had any difference from like Ontario or just in little ways, like, like the, mm -hmm. the, the, the big moments all seem to get a very similar reaction, but like, yeah. yes, there'll be like people from PEI uh, for sure. There'll be certain East coast things that will hit, islanders more or hit uh, maritimers more um little nuances of, of but i also find that uh, people who aren't from the east coast or don't have a connection to the east coast also get a real kick out of mm -hmm. some of the atlantic canadian expressions and there's a lot of like there's lingo from the east coast throughout um that they probably haven't heard those expressions before so they get like a really fun like new reaction to it um like just like yeah some expressions that east coasters might take for granted but people from Ontario haven't heard before. So that, so that like there are different little nuances between the crowd reaction uh, for sure, but the big moments kind of get a very similar reaction. Definitely. Well, looking forward to have a Kingston audience watch. Well, I've heard great things. I, I've heard so many great things about Kingston, like uh, from people who I have friends who go to the screening room a lot and, mm -hmm. uh, and people have been connected to like to the arts community there and, and being someone who just down, down the road from Kingston, now I'm I'm really excited to to be there and uh, and get to meet some people from from Kingston. Awesome, yeah, it's true. Kingstonians love their films. I'm very excited for the screening. So the first screening on March first is sold out, and the second one tickets are going quick. How are you feeling walking into KCFF next week? Oh, I mean, I'm feeling great. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like you know I love Q and As. I mean, I really love mm -hmm. Q and As, and um, you just never know what people are going to ask. Every single Q and A has had different questions that i've never would never expect um so i'm really excited to be there in kingston um a, a film festival crowd is a different type of crowd too like there's, there's a lot of cinephiles and and um in film buffs so I, i'm and i think this is a real film buffs movie too because it's an interesting mix of genres so i'm really i'm really excited for the screening in uh in kingston awesome yeah definitely i was gonna say definitely a mix of genres we got comedy i would argue crime drama you don't mess with maritimers lobster <laughs> no like... you don't no absolutely <laughs> but no you're right you don't mess with the maritimers lobster at all and so in the music i have to say that the, mm -hmm. the the soundtrack for the film is incredible almost all canadian artists um wow. the band band zeus is some a band that some people might know michael rolt mm -hmm. it's just got a great uh canadian indie soundtrack and there's a lot of food in this movie and a and a seafood chowder mm -hmm. recipe that is pretty second to none so if you're into seafood chowder you might want to just bring a pen and paper to the screening and write down this chowder recipe okay noted that's that's your tidbit bring your pen and paper and get ready to 
get that recipe. Awesome stuff. Anyone who doesn't like food and music, then I don't know what yeah. even. So if you don't like food and music and love and romance and funny shenanigans, then yeah, it's probably not for you. But if you like any of those things, I think it's the right movie. Once again, that was Jeremy Lerder on his film, Who's Your Father?, which will be screening at KCFF this weekend. Both screenings at the festival this weekend are sold out, but the film is also available to watch on Paramount+. That wraps up your headlines for this evening. Next up is Zayn Vergara with your sports desk. Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayn Vergara, and with playoffs upon us, it's time for your CFRC Sports Roundup. Starting off with your men's basketball team, they'll be hosting the U of T Varsity Blues tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the Arc Main Gym. The men's team has been on an absolute heater this past season, finishing first overall with a 19-3 standings, narrowly beating out the Ottawa GGs. They beat the McMaster Marauders 85-79 on February 24th to propel them towards the semifinals. Meanwhile, on the other side of the bracket, the Ottawa Gigi's, who is the scale's closest competition, was beaten dominant fashion by the emerging Brock Badgers 81-58. Moving forward, Brock would beat Carlton 70-69 in a very close matchup, moving them towards the semifinals. Meanwhile, we're now waiting for the Brock Badgers and Western Mustangs to face off tonight as that will determine a finals matchup. But the Gales are not there yet. They're going to have to trump the Varsity Blues tonight at 8 p.m. Get your tickets at GoGalesGo.com. Shifting things right on over to the women's basketball side of things. The TMU Bold are here in Kingston tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to challenge the Gales. Meanwhile, on the other side of the bracket, the Battle of Ottawa is well underway at 6 p.m. as Ottawa is going to be challenging Carleton. Carlton has been very, very dominant this entire season, going 21-1. Meanwhile, the Gales finished the season with a record of 18-4. Don't count Ottawa out of their matchup, though, because they won 18-4 on their season. Bouncing all the way up to the Central Division with Toronto Metropolitan, they finished the season 16-6. And it's going to be a big fight for the Gales, especially as they ramp up before the Fratelli Cup. Bouncing over to volleyball, the Gales are hosting the Brock Badgers on March 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's this Friday in the Arcmain Gym. Do not miss out on this matchup. It's going to be an absolutely electric one. On the other side of the bracket, the 12th Griffins are going to be challenging the McMaster Marauders. To go and look at the OUA men's volleyball standings, the Marauders finished 16-4, while the Gales finished 15-5, and the Brock Badgers finished 15 and 5 as well. And who would have guessed it? Also, the Guelph Griffiths finishing 15 and 5. This is a race all the way to the finish as it was one loss that separated all of these teams. Last but not least, women's volleyball. The Gales are hosting the McMaster Marauders in semifinals 6 p.m. on Friday. Also in the Arc Main Gym. The Gales finished 18 and 2, tied for first with the Brock Badgers, while the McMaster Marauders finished 15 and 5. On the other side of the bracket, we have the TMU Bold and Brock Badgers facing off. Once again, all tickets can be purchased at GoGalesGo.com. you got to come out and support your Gales this weekend more than any. If the Gales advance to playoffs, they'll be taking place this Saturday. So 
So make sure to go over to GoGalesGo.com to keep up to date with your Gales and see if you can grab tickets to the illustrious finals. But on that note, that's all for your CFRC Sports Rundown. It's a crazy playoff season, but that's all for me, Zayden Vergara. Now over to Erica Singh with your campus news update. Thank you so much. Hello, my name is Erica Singh and welcome to Campus Corner. Here are some campus news headlines. Students at Queens through the Kingston chapter of Bags of Promise have made a significant impact by delivering more than 30 backpacks filled with essential items to Tipi Moza, a local nonprofit organization which aids indigenous youth experiencing homelessness. Bags of Promise was founded by Queen's students Selena Lovisoto and Brooke Baker in 2022 and conducts annual donation drives to support the Kingston community. This year, they collaborated with Tippy Moza to focus on helping youth from equity-deserving groups. More than 25 students worked since the fall semesters to secure donations, partnering with local businesses, community members, and corporations. The donations included hygiene products, winter gear, non-perishable food, and other essential items to support individuals through the winter. Bags of Promise plans to conduct a menstrual product drive in April to address the period of poverty within the Kingston community. Next, researchers have secured over $4 million in funding from the Canadian Institutes of Health Research, or CIHR, for various projects addressing chronic diseases, cancer, and other health challenges in Canada. Seven researchers from Queen's received grants for research projects, demonstrating the potential to advance health-related knowledge and impact health outcomes. The funded projects include a research into mitochondrial fission, changing the gut microbe to improve health outcomes for melanoma patients, a clinical trial for widespread chronic pain, improved understanding of shortness of breath and early-stage chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, examinations of factors associated with liver fibrosis, screening rates for people with type 2 diabetes, and addressing the threat of tick-borne diseases exacerbated by climate change. The funding helps to support groundbreaking research that will continue to improve the health and well-being of people all around the world. Next, Queen's full-time MBA program at the Smith School of Business has achieved the top position in Canada in the Financial Times Global MBA rankings. The program's success is attributed to the dedication of the faculty, staff, and students, along with the significant impact and value perceived by MBA graduates in the marketplace. Notably, the program ranks first in Canada and 30th globally for career services, with 96% of MBA students employed within three months of post-graduation and a 108% increase in salary for graduates. The Smith MBA also secured the top spot in Canada for its alumni network and value for money. It ranked 25th globally in the latter category. The Financial Times Global MBA ranking considers career progress, diversity, research, and ESG factors. Overall, Smith's full-time MBA was ranked 62nd globally, marking a 9-spot increase from the previous year. Thank you so much, that's all from me today.
Now it's time for your CFRC weather report for this evening. Tonight, we're expecting flurries ending after midnight, then mainly cloudy skies. We'll have flurries or ice pellets early this evening. The local snow and ice pellet amount is 2 centimeters. There will be a low of minus 10, wind chill minus 19 overnight. Looking forward to tomorrow, we have a mix of sun and cloud. Winds will be 30 kilometers per hour, gusting to 50. We have a high of minus 3, wind chill minus 20 in the morning, and minus 10 in the afternoon. For tomorrow night, we're expecting clear skies with a low of minus 6. Next up is your CFRC traffic report. Now it's time for your CFRC weekly traffic report. Reduced load restrictions are in effect in Kingston as of February 26. Heavy trucks and loads are restricted on city roads where posted. These restrictions help reduce damage to roads in the spring. PSPC wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on LaSalle Causeway for major rehabilitation until April. During this period, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. Motorists should expect short delays. Access will be maintained for pedestrians and cyclists. PSPC encourages users to exercise caution when traveling over the bridge and thanks them for their patience. In road closures, University Avenue Union to Earl is closed until the end of May for the Queen's JDUG project. In parking disruptions, the Hanson Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project is now underway. The work will take place throughout all levels of the building and will include efforts such as routine structural maintenance, repainting, replacement of waterproofing materials, and upgrades to the building's electrical and mechanical systems. The work is planned to end in late December 2024. The work will be completed in phases to allow the building to remain open to public parking for the duration of the project. It is anticipated that no more than 50% of the available 271 parking spaces will be closed at any time. There is also parking availability at the Chown Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking garages in the two adjacent blocks to the west. In other delays, Queen Street, Montreal to Sydenham expect an eastbound lane closure until April 1, 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the closure. That wraps up your CFRC traffic report for this evening, and next up is your concerts and events calendar. Now it's time for your CFRC weekly concerts and events calendar. Starting off with events, on February 26th, award-winning chef Jeremy Austin and Aquaterra chef Brent McAllister will be presenting a culinary event at Miss Bao Restaurant and Cocktail Bar to celebrate the end of the Lunar New Year. This event is part of Kingstonlicious, a culinary experience featuring local chefs and special guests. There will be seatings at both 5.30 p.m. and 8.15 p.m. Price per person is $155. To book a reservation, call 613-545-0123 or email missbow at acidityandwatergroup.com. Queen's student-athletes are invited to take part in Queen's Equity, Diversity, Inclusion, Anti-Racism, and Accessibility Education Series. On February 26th, a session on sexual and gender diversity in sport will be taking place from 7 to 8 p.m. Use the link from your coach to register. The location of the event is to be determined. Tomorrow on February 27th, head over to the Agnes Etherington Arts Center for a free creative movement session from 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. 
This mindful movement session will respond to works in Agnes's exhibitions and inspire individuals to move creatively in ways that make them feel good. There is an opportunity for improvisation and collaboration at each session. This program is facilitated by Amy Booth, a registered physiotherapist and dance educator. This is a 16 plus event. To register, visit agnes.queensu.ca. On February 28th, The Queen of My Dreams kicks off the 24th Kingston Canadian Film Festival. The film will be shown at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts at 6.30 p.m. The festival will be featuring 80-plus homegrown features and shorts over five days. For a full list of showtimes and to purchase tickets, visit kingcanfilmfest.com tickets. Also on February 28th, Yellow House Student Center for Equity and Inclusion will be hosting a free screening of American Fiction from 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. at the screening room. To wrap up Black History and Futures Month, American Fiction is highly acclaimed and features Jeffrey Wright, Sterling K. Brown, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Issa Rae. This event is open to all Black staff, students, faculty, and Kingston community members. You can reserve your seat at eventbrite.ca. On February 29th, for Drag Bingo, head over to Daft Brewing from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. for Rowena Way's Signature Bingo. This event is free and there is no need to register. Also on February 29th, Majors Night will be held at Grant Hall from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Choosing a program is one of the largest decisions students can make in university. It's important to make an informed choice. But it doesn't have to stress you out. Attend Majors Night to learn more about each arts and science program. On March 1st, Fresh Food Market Pop-Up. An initiative of Kingston Community Health Centers will appear at the YMCA from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. The Fresh Food Pop-Up Market brings affordable produce and chef-created gourmet healthy options to Kingston and the surrounding areas every week. Visit freshfoodmkt.ca for more information. Also on March 1st, there will be a Black History Month closing social and karaoke from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Petal Works Cafe and Studios. This event is free, open to all ages, and no registration is required. On March 2nd, Sustainability is Not a Sacrifice, a conference that aims to inspire and educate our community on how sustainable practices can be integrated into various aspects of our lives, will be taking place at Mitchell Hall from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Various speakers will delve into the problems we currently face as a globalized society and offer solutions that focus on the benefits of following a sustainable economic model that holds the community as its center. Tickets are $15, which includes admission and a light breakfast and lunch. On March 3rd, are you a trans, non-binary, gender queer, gender fluid, or other non-cisgender person who wants a safer space to swim and to meet other students and the wider trans community members? Head over to the ARC on March 3rd at 2.30 p.m. for a solidarity swim. Swimmers will meet at the ARC Earl Street entrance at 2.20 p.m. This event is free and open to the wider Kingston community. For more information and to register, you can visit gogalesgo.com. Next up is your concerts calendar for this week. Tonight, the Inner Harbor Jazz Trio will be performing at the RCHA Club at 193 Ontario Street from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. for free. On February 27th, Tom Savage will be hosting an afternoon happy hour jam at the RCHA Club. This will be an open mic slash jam with Tom Savage and friends where everyone is welcome. The event is free and runs from 4 to 7 p.m. On February 28th, head over to Muziki Cafe and Whiskey Bar at 8 p.m. to see Frank Ryan perform. 
This event is pay what you want by donation to the musicians. This is a 19 plus event. Also on February 28th, Godspeed You, Black Emperor will be performing at Kingston Grand Theater from 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. all ages. To purchase tickets, you can visit kingstongrand.ca. On February 29th, Zibit, Keaton Sound, 92 is Rare, and guests will be performing at Stages Nightclub from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Tickets vary in price and can be purchased at showpass.com. On March 1st, Georgia Harmer will be performing with support from Piner at the Broom Factory. This event runs from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Tickets are $20 and can be purchased at ticketscene.ca. That wraps up your concerts and events calendar for this week. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, you can head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at screeningroomkingston.com. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats and sunglasses, everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear.